Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'll be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we're going to be talking with Mikhail Sizek, who is the co-founder and CEO of Good Access. Good Access is a VPN and security service provider. And we're going to be talking to Mikhail about the in and outs of the VPN industry, uh, how he came to found Good Access, and you know, talk about some of the growth that the company's been experiencing, and maybe also talk about some of his management philosophies. But before we do that, let's say hi to Mikhail. Mikhail, how are you today? Hello, Mark, again. Uh, nice to meet you. Thanks for having me here. And I'm pretty good today. You know, come good. on Monday. <laughs> yeah, it's for you, because I think, where are you based? Yeah, for me, it's actually evening. I'm based mm -hmm. in Czech Republic, uh, somewhere close to Prague. Let's say one hour from Prague, Czech Republic, and three hours uh, drive to Berlin, Germany. So how are things these days? I mean, we the whole world came out of the pandemic, but then obviously you've got the whole Russia-Ukraine situation, which is very close to you. I mean, it's maybe not as close to you as Poland is to the Ukraine, but you're still very, you know, you're very much right in that region. Is that, is that a concern for everybody or is it just life as usual or, you know, what's the situation? Uh, you know, the situation is even worse if you read the news. <laughs> yeah. If you don't listen and read the news, it's quite calm and nice day here. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, my wife uh, would be definitely scared if, if I would tell uh, tell her what I can read on the internet and everything. So we just take care of kids and hope uh, this is going to be uh, done very soon. But uh, anyway, here in Czech Republic, nothing happens. Uh, we just help to few uh, Ukrainian families uh, with, uh, with their children who came here and try to integrate somehow and wait until the, the war is over. Yeah, I, I'm actually been pretty impressed with how Europe has responded in terms of welcoming immigrants from the Ukraine in. Last year, when I was on a business trip, I stopped in Germany. I saw that um, many, many German small towns and cities ha had plans in place to bring in Ukrainian um, uh, refugees and and you know help find them housing in some cases find them work and i and i saw that in other places as europe as well so um i mean it's pretty impressive how responsive you've been so far yeah definitely absolutely this works really perfectly and we see many many families and uh, especially women already integrated so i i meet them that's great hey so you know you've been leading businesses, I, I believe, according to your show notes, it says that you started your first business when you were 18 years old, um, and you've been in and out of the VPN industry for quite some many years. And then in 2020, you founded Good Access. Um, just to set the stage, I, I maybe you can introduce what does Good Access currently do? And then I want to back up and talk about the VPN industry specifically. Okay, uh, this it is basically a platform which uh, does zero trust network access, which is kind of evolution of uh, business VPN as we know it from from the old ages, uh, when you need to connect uh, remotely to the office, and uh, over the time it developed in a in a product and technology called zero trust network access. So simply 
you control the remote access, you can manage it, everything is automized and uh, you create kind of secure network perimeter, which is based in cloud, but connects all your uh, networks and parts of your company into kind of umbrella secure network perimeter, which is isolated from public internet and then very well protected. Okay, thank you. And I, I definitely want to come back and talk about zero trust network access uh, down the road. But before we do that, can you kind of give a breakdown of the VPN industry in terms of there's so many different providers out there, and I don't know if you can put them in different buckets and or different tiers uh, based upon their their size or the types of services they provide. Maybe you can can you just give a, a general overview? Yeah, that would be uh, good to put uh, put them into the buckets uh, based on the use case and maybe uh, the if it's being used by a consumer or a small business or uh, a large enterprise. So, uh, you know, there was always um, the use case like remote access to the business uh, network, like office network in the past. And uh, in 2008, uh, I was one of the first pioneers on the new growing industry, which was developing in 2008, called consumer-based VPN as a service. Uh, where people were looking for a service which uh, helped them to overcome some local uh, network restriction or access the, the uh, television uh, TV shows which are not available in their country or simply being protected on unprotected Wi-Fi networks like hotel and, and airport. So that was the use case for, uh, for uh, consumers. And uh, over the time, since uh, 2008, uh, when there were three companies around the world and me, so during the time, now you can, you can find tens of thousands small or bigger companies providing this kind of uh, uh, service. But it's nothing much interesting on that technology, so we decided to go a little further and uh, develop uh, something which is being used by small businesses around the world. And the use case is pretty simple uh, to protect the business systems, not to expose them on the public internet, but to hide them and allow the access only uh, people or uh, employees which should work with uh, that system and still having uh, anytime, anywhere access, which is secure and, and encrypted. And another uh, bucket would be for the large enterprises which is pretty simple, but uh, large enterprises uh, really needs to uh, manage uh, tens of thousands of accesses and devices and uh, this zero trust, uh, zero trust movement, uh, which we see in the United States and UK and Europe uh, started actually in the enterprise world. But we feel the small enterprises and SMBs uh, actually has the same use, uh, use case and needs. That's why we are here. Okay, and, and maybe you can walk me through the very specifics of a use case with SMBs and the zero trust network access. I mean, you know, what does it actually look like in use? Yeah, okay. Uh, we all know the configuring uh, VPN uh, in-house, doing it with uh, open source uh, resources, open source uh, software like OpenVPN could be quite painful. You can do it if you have, let's say, one or two endpoints or, or employees using it, but if you want to have it fully automized and scalable over the company with tens or maybe hundreds of employees, it's really pain. And so 
we all remember the age when it, it was uh, difficult to configure it. Sometimes it didn't work on some devices. It was not uh, even possible. And uh, so that is one use case to automize sync and have it uh, working smoothly on all devices and manage it so with no IT knowledge uh, with one single platform in the cloud. That's the remote access management which is pretty uh, good use case for enterprise and also for small business having 10 employees. Second use case is uh, to protect uh, business systems which doesn't need to be publicly exposed. Website needs to have public access, obviously. But if you use CRM, if you use your ASHOP uh, administration, if you use some uh, cloud development environment on database servers, you don't need to expose it publicly in order to have anytime, anywhere access from your employees. That's why we are here and trying to hide everything into one secure private network, which is accessible from anywhere and connects all the parts and networks which company has into the one single one, which of course the zero trust capabilities, verifies identity and provides the GDPR and HIPAA logs. Excellent. And I mean, there has to be a certain amount of trust uh, to go with a provider. Uh, how, I mean, what are the main concerns that your new customers have when they, when they reach out to you? Yeah, uh, definitely the security. They are asking if we store any data which goes through our infrastructure. The answer is no, we just passing them through. Uh, but the, the use case is also to have this environment secure. So sometimes they require to, uh, to have uh, advanced security features like deep packet inspection. Uh, so we can analyze the traffic, we can analyze the devices, we can help them with the, uh, identifying uh, uh, employee with some uh, mobile phone or uh, laptop, which is not uh, updated or uh, lacking the antivirus software, or there is no passcode, there is no biometry. So these uh, anomalies can be detected and reported by to the to the business owner. So we are trying basically to get and provide the control, getting back to the hands of the business owner this way. So yes, they are concerning about privacy and uh, they are concerning about security. But uh, we have uh, defined a lot of uh, compliances on our website. We are being uh, regularly penetrated, uh, tested by uh, third companies, third parties. Uh, so we basically ensure the customer that we can provide better security than they can do by themselves in their own company. Awesome. Um, I'm, I'm looking at your website right now and I see that you have a free business VPN, uh, business VPN. Um, what's, what's the difference between the two? Yeah. Uh, it's basically very interesting. We were one of the, no, no, we were really first. Uh, first uh, provider who provided business VPN for companies for free as a premium. This was uh, uh, something where we are really very unique. And uh, this premium service can provide the same uh, security as you buy as a consumer for your employees. For, for As a consumer, you want to be protected on uh, public Wi-Fi networks. Uh, just to have one secure provider which encrypts all your traffic and you don't need to take care who you are connected to the internet uh, uh, through. So 
Good Access Premium, the starter plan provides basically the same. And in advance, we provide kind of uh, phishing and malware protection based on DNS security. This is everything for free for any company uh, having uh, less than 100 employees. Excellent. Okay. Um, and I'm sorry to go back to zero trust again, but can you actually explain, like, in the context of, you know, using a VPN, how does this zero trust network access actually work? What What is zero trust about it? Yeah, uh, I love to use analogy with the real world. So from physical world, we usually define a secure perimeter of the company by a building with the four strong walls, which uh, inside you can feel secure. It's your environment as a, uh, as, as a company owner. And uh, if you, as an employee or guest, enter the building, you need to uh, uh, show your ID to the security guard. And uh, that's how they verify you are not pretending someone else you are, you are uh, Mark. And uh, this way, uh, you verify identity, and then you are being given by access card, which allows you to open only specific doors in the building. You never get access to everything. You, uh, if you are a business owner, you can get everywhere, but uh, as an employee, you have access to only specific parts. And then there is a security. Uh, there are security policies, so you cannot probably wear the gun if you enter the building. Uh, Maybe there are security cameras and security guards, so you enforce your security policy somehow. That's how the security works in the physical world. But in a virtual environment of current days, when people are working remotely and the business systems are spread around many networks, uh, connected through the public internet, clouds, multi-cloud systems, private public clouds, on-premise branches, SaaS, uh, you absolutely have no control uh about your security so zero trust approach uh especially on network level that's what we do uh tries to uh, achieve the same security level as we know from the physical world in this uh hybrid virtual environment so basically verifying uh every single device and uh, employee entering your network perimeter and the network which is kind of new Perimeter uh, in these days uh, can be clever. It can can check uh, what's happening inside, and if there is something strange, it can detect it and block it automatically or kick uh, kick off the the device which is not healthy enough to be to be uh, compliant with your security policies. So that's basically what zero trust does on network level, and the technology is called zero trust network access. Awesome, and. What are the methods of authentication that you can use? Uh, there is, of course, a username password. You can use multi-factor authentication with uh, uh, with Google or Microsoft Authenticator. You can use Biometry. And uh, of course, we support also the single sign-on uh, compatibility. So if, uh, if the company already has identity provider, like Okta, Google Workspace, Azure ID, it's very simple to interconnect it with the single sign-on capability. So you don't need to use good access identity. You can use uh, any, anything you already have and uh, it's compatible with anything which is compatible with some protocols. 
Are you seeing a movement away from passwords? Definitely. Hopefully everyone sees. <laughs> but it's always the first way how to authenticate. So there's not a movement completely out, but we, uh, we usually add something uh, more than the password. So in, uh, even in our company, we have we use password managers and I still have thousands of passwords in my password manager. So it's not that away from from the situation uh, we know that ten years ago. Okay, so they're gonna passwords are gonna still be around for a while. I believe so. Same like with IP version four. <laughs> gotcha. Um, if if you were coaching a you know, I'm not going to say a CISO because it typically at small, medium sized businesses, they don't have, uh, oftentimes they'll even just outsource their IT services. Um, they might have one or two people in house, depending on the size of the organization, right? But let's just say you're coaching somebody who's responsible for procuring VPN services and they're looking for, for providers. What are the, you know, top three things that they should look for? I would definitely search for business VPN or zero trust network access solution and uh, be sure I'm not buying consumer-based VPN. Um, we can find a lot of uh, VPN providers who has 99% uh, of consumers trying to sell something which is called business VPN. It's, it's, definitely, uh, it's, it's definitely not true. So you need to find a solution which is focused on B2B and uh, that would be the first advice. And then I would definitely look not only for a VPN capability, but also look for a zero trust capabilities and uh, basically three things, verifying identity, uh, network segmentation and identity-based access control and uh, GDPR or uh, HIPAA compliant locks. So you need to see what's happening uh, so basically, zero trust network access, business VPN, cloud VPN, and maybe secure software-defined perimeter. These four keywords I would use to find such a service. Thank you for that. And let me ask you, how important is pricing to your customers? You know, for the smallest one, it's very important, but it's not always about how much you pay for such a SaaS service. It's uh, almost about also about uh, how much costs you can save if you don't need to have 10 IT experts and uh, six cybersecurity experts or VPN uh, configuration uh, people in house. So uh, so when you're when you're talking with prospective customers, um, you know, and they and they voice a concern about pricing. How do you turn the conversation to say, hey, you know, maybe maybe pricing is important, but let's look at the savings you can realize um, by by these other areas here. Is that is that a conversation that you have? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, because you don't need to any, have any IT expert in house. Uh, mm -hmm. You're trying to build a platform which uh, can be managed by assistant by people with no IT knowledge. Super simple. I'm talking not only by component management, but also about deployment. It's known that it can be deployed in less than 10 minutes for basic use case. So it's that simple. And we have solution architect in a technical support team who can help uh, with okay. initial deployment. But it's so, very simple. So, so if, I, 
if I'm the CEO of a small company, let's just say, you know, 60, 70 employees, uh, half of them work from, you know, work from home these days. And, you know, I'm concerned about how they access the, uh, as you said, the non-public facing, you know, data and apps. I want to, you know, deploy some kind of uh, VPN service and I say, okay, how do we actually deploy it? What's the, what are the physical things that we need to do? And a basic use case, if you want to have protection uh, of one or two systems, you just need to establish a, a gateway uh, within good access. It's a dedicated private gateway with a static public IP address. So you have your unique uh, unique uh, gateway in a cloud, which your employees can access uh, through and uh, serve the internet. So uh, you have IP address, which is identifier of your good access network and you can whitelist it in your business system. So basically uh, setting up the rule in your firewall or uh, in many SaaS systems, you can simply say only this IP address can be allowed for accessing the system. The rest of the world is forbidden. This setup can be done in a less than 10 minutes and you are done like protecting the access to one business system. Awesome. And are, are most of your customers like inbound leads from, from the internet? That's right. We try to generate a lot of content and educate. So we get a lot of uh, leads uh, reading our articles and content. Come to us. And, and, I, and I noticed in the show notes that, you know, you've had some pretty impressive growth, I think over 200% for the last couple of years. Um, and you're active in over 100 countries. Um, What's the, I guess, 120 countries, what's the secret for your success and growth? Because again, there are a, a lot of different VPN providers out there. Uh, there are. You know, the most difficult part is to differentiate us against the consumer-based VPN. Because if you look for a VPN, it, uh, and, and you want to find the, the cloud business-related VPN, it's like advertising, you know, racing car in a huge mm -hmm. ocean of common cars, you know. So that's really pain, but we identified some ways uh, what people are searching for, what keywords we need to uh, create content around. And uh, that's the way how we found our inbound source. Uh, but uh, let's say six, six months ago, we also started the outbound activities because we see the market is already mature enough uh, to know what is zero trust. and. Uh, also, there are some regulation in the United States and, and EU, uh, which requires zero trust ar architecture for many companies. So okay. It's, um, it's evolution this way. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And that, that content marketing is so critical. And it sounds like you're doing a really good job of that. Um, in terms of like, let, let's just switch tracks. If you were going to advise a consumer, because at the end of the day, we're all, we all work for businesses. Most of us do anyway, but we're also individuals. Uh, if you were going to advise a consumer to uh, procure a VPN service, first off, why would an individual consumer, consumer use a VPN? And how should they select a VPN provider for the consumer side? You can have many reasons. Uh, if you want to watch TV from outside of the United States, maybe this could be first reason. Because this way you can get to the United States virtually from anywhere in the world. And 
second reason which I would recommend to use is to find a trustworthy uh, VPN provider and it's a difficult job. There's, there are a lot of affiliate marketing around trying to convince this VPN service is really uh, the best, but you should really find a trustworthy provider who is uh, based uh, in a, some part of the world which is trusted by you. So European, US VPN providers, uh, bigger uh, antivirus providers could be safe for you. And also uh, this way you can uh, be sure that you are passing your data through someone who is not abusing it or selling to anyone else. And, uh, and then can you hold you on? Can benefit I, I, I'm curious, I mean, just again, just so we're all on the same page. If I'm using a VPN provider's service, what data can of mine should I be concerned that they may be capturing and selling specifically? It's the same like with any ISP you connect through internet. So if you connect through Big Telco, they usually analyze your URLs, which you access to and they know how much time you spend with the social networks, how much time you spend with watching YouTube, how much time you spend with any other activity on the internet. Because DNS is something which is not encrypted and you can see which sites you are, you are looking uh, and surfing. So if you want to have just one provider, that's good to have a VPN, consumer-based VPN, so you share this data only with one trustful uh, provider, not with many uh, providers which uh, you access internet through during the day. That would be a big good reason for that. So about privacy, uh, you know your provider and if you connect through them, they only see uh, what you're doing on the internet and they are the only provider during all your, all your uh, day or your, or your time. But still, they can they can see you know what sites you're accessing, etc. Um, exactly. How can, uh, how can you be sure that they are not selling that information? Uh, sometimes they uh, they say it in terms of service. They simply guarantee you that we do not sell, we don't watch, we don't track it, and uh, that's what you need to believe in. <laughs> okay. I like the fact that you la I like the fact that you laughed there. <laughs> it's like, That's right, man. It's, it's trust us. Trust us. We're from the government. We're here to help. Hey. Exactly. <laughs> Everything is about trust. So Yeah. It's your uh, responsibility who you trust you. Yeah, well, that's where the whole zero trust is awesome because um, I, you know, I don't think you can afford to trust anybody these days. So you have to act as if you can't, and then just have your fingers crossed. But um, it's funny. I just did a search on Google for, uh, you know, best VPN providers, and all the results come back. They're they're paid results, or they're posts that have like 15 different providers with links to the providers. So it's affiliate marketing, right? I mean, there's no real content yeah. on this that I can see. Exactly. So I, I I could see that it would be very challenging to 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 pick, you know. Um, and some of them are like, oh, lowest cost. But if they're lowest cost, those are the, probably the guys that are selling your your content because they get, you know, there's no free lunch. They're making their money somewhere. Exactly. Never buy uh, 
free VPN. This is something against us, but we have our business. We know why we are doing uh, premium VPN for businesses. We simply want to show them the benefits of the product and benefits of the paid part of the product. So that's why we provide, the, honestly, that's why we provide the premium, just to uh, have them touch the platform, provide uh, the, some benefits, some protection, and show uh, the customer how better they can be protected if they go with the paid plan. So that's our intention, nothing else, nothing, nothing like that. If you want to go the free consumer-based VPN, you probably will be experiencing maybe ads, maybe selling your data, maybe something more. So mm -hmm. uh, think this way. <laughs> no free lunch. Hey, you know, your company's grown quite a bit in the last few years. Um, I, I'm curious, how many people actually come into the office or how many people, um, yeah, where, where, where's your headquarters and how many people actually come into the office? You mean how many come to the office? We work yeah. really a lot of time. We work uh, remotely, so it's, it's hybrid. Mm -hmm. And uh, currently we have 35 people in the team mm -hmm. and uh, we are in process of fundraising at the moment. Uh, so we will, uh, we, we will rise probably this year, uh, uh, Series A. So this way uh, we should be growing really, really a uh, lot also on the employee stuff. Uh, and uh, so 35, we have headquarters based in uh, Czech Republic, let's say one, uh, one hour northern from the Prague. Mm -hmm. And uh, another office, which is marketing part is uh, in another city in uh, South Moravia, Czech Republic, the city is called Brno. It's quite nice startup community there. Awesome. And in terms of going after funding, are you going after approaching US-based VCs or VCs anywhere, or do you care? Uh, we we are currently in the middle of the process. So we have talks with over 50 VCs around the world. So we approached US-based VCs, UK, Western Europe, and Israel. Excellent. Looking for the right partner. You know, there is yeah. a big market opportunity at the moment. So I think uh, it's a good time to jump. Well, in terms of funding, though, like last month was one of the, you know, the lowest uh, amounts of uh, funding that went out in the last like five or six years. So, you know, the, the timing, I, 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 of course, it depends on what sector you're in. And some of them have been hit a lot harder than others. Uh, but but you are seeing some interest. Yeah, we see a lot of interest. Cybersecurity is still a hot topic. So mm -hmm. uh, I think cybersecurity is one of the. Uh, less uh, affected uh, industry. Uh, so uh, the decrease was not so big. And uh, it's always about, uh, you know, the co good companies can always get the funding, I believe. Yeah, I mean, in your, you know, you have um, some impressive growth, uh, you're a SaaS business. So I'm sure all that stuff resonates with, uh, with your target investors. So. That's pretty cool. Hey, I, I noticed in the show notes that um, you're a firm believer in the Teal organization um, or the Teal system for management. And I am not familiar with that. I did a, a, a quick look online and it, it looked to be quite interesting. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, this is the company culture topic. And uh, that's where we are really special. And, you know, uh, Two uh, weeks ago, I met a lot of European startups in cybersecurity, which should be chosen by Google uh, Growth Academy, so, uh, so uh, companies in the growth stage, 
doing cybersecurity over around Europe. We've been chosen by one of them. And there was a pretty nice discussion how to make a company culture uh, like working in a company. Strange question. It's, it develops somehow uh, itself. But uh, we've been, we had a really nice discussion about it. And I was promoting one of the books which changed my life and also the life of the company. Uh, the author is Frederic Lalu. Uh, it's an author who wrote a book, uh, Reinventing Organization, and this steel uh, is his way how he uh, called the companies which developed uh, the culture like the, on the peak of the evolution of the organization. So uh, a lot of uh, things which steel organization does is uh, like self-management, self-organization, inner motivation, inspiring each other having a safe environment so people can share their thoughts, bring the emotions in the, in the company. And, uh, you know, everything is built a lot of on the trust. So we don't count the work hours of the employees. We believe they, sometimes they can work overtime and sometimes during the summer or low season, they can simply have a rest and everything is their responsibility rather than measure it, report it this way which basically creates a lot of, you know, nice environment in the company. So I'm happy to have it and <laughs> live it. No, it's, it sounds awesome. Um, at the same time, I, I'm a huge believer in giving people a lot of autonomy and then the support that they need and letting them figure out the best way to solve the challenges that are in front of them. Uh, and if you can get your organization to work that way, in my experience, you're going to be a lot more effective overall. At the same time, I, I also believe that, you know, if you want to get better at something, you start measuring it and you start tracking it. And you don't have to be too deep into the weeds on it, but you need to figure out a couple key metrics to say, for example, you know, uh, are the number of customers increasing? How many customers do we have last month and how many do we have this month, right? And you know, you have financial metrics as well for the organization. I think on an individual level, like if you have a salesperson, maybe it's how many emails did you send? How many calls did you send? Uh, meetings did you get? Uh, things like that. So you, do you track any performance or do you have any individual goals or OKRs or anything like that? Yeah, definitely we track it. Uh, actually, it's quite challenging in matter of sales team. You know, uh, it it worked very well in our our ND team. Our ND team that's how we started, and it works really good way. And I would not go different way. But the question came up how to uh, how to create a sales team based on that culture. And uh, this is something we are still in process. We are looking for for uh, out of the box solution. But uh, until we have anything which works better, we still have uh, CRM, we track these performance and uh, also, you know, salespeople are used to have it from other companies. So it's not that pain, like uh, if you would do it the same with the R&D people, it would not work this way. So right. definitely we need to play with the roles. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I work with a lot of different marketing teams and you know, so I, I also like to give them metrics. So for example, you know, how many leads 
have have been inbound over the last month or the last week and what can we do and oftentimes people are reluctant to to fix a target or a goal or even to measure because they it's it makes people nervous that oh i i you know i've got to own that and i've got to figure out a way to make it um get better but at the same time i look at it as kind of liberating because let's let's get our targets out in the open and let's be transparent about it and then if you hit your target hey great man pat yourself on the back and everybody can do a high five if you didn't hit the target it doesn't mean that you're bad it means that we've got to, as an organization we've got to figure out what we can do to either make those targets more reasonable or find a way to actually hit them so i don't know if that makes sense exactly yeah that makes perfect sense it's always teamwork so never never uh, maybe one of the example which could answer that, uh, if uh, we try to hire a leader of the team, like manager, we always ask the team to accept uh, this guy. If they, they are questioning and he needs to answer the question of the team members, if they are okay to work with, if he can serve the team with his leadership. So this kind of different approach but it makes a really good mood and a lot of energy and the people in team are more, more, much more uh, willing to follow the vision and also set up the maybe more tough uh, goals and KPIs for themselves rather than have someone who has been put in the position and trying to enforce something. No, I, t I totally agree with you on that. And if the best leaders are the ones who have the subject matter expertise and they understand how to support the people on their team, right? As opposed to, like you just said, somebody who maybe they don't have the understanding or they're just more of like a, a general mentality. Hey, you guys got to do this, you know? So, cause really yeah. it's, 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 it's about building teams and supporting them. And it sounds like, um, exactly. it, sounds, it sounds exactly what you're doing. I got to ask you, yeah. I want to jump back to the VC question for a second here or the VC topic. What's yeah. the most common question you get from VCs? when you're out looking for Series A? How you are differentiate yourself uh, against the competitors? <laughs> That's the question I always get. And awesome. the answer is, uh, it's, it's really simple. We are the, the most simple platform on the market. Simple to use and deployment. Yeah, I mean, you, I think you said you can deploy within 10 minutes. Yeah, simplicity is something which resonates in a company from the beginning. So trying to make a platform which is not made for uh, uh, IT guys, but for people. Awesome. Well, hey, Michael, I would like to wish you uh, luck in your your uh, search for funding to hit Series A. It sounds like you're definitely on the right track. If And um, I want to thank you for coming on Secure Talk. If people want to get more information about uh, your organization or, or to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, about the product, go to goodaccess.com about me uh, or maybe some some stories uh, let's get in touch in uh, in uh, LinkedIn that's best way to reach me out awesome hey Mikhail thanks again for uh, for coming on secure talk thank you mark it was a pleasure to be there hello welcome to secure talk your trusted source of information on the latest threats trends tools and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance